You can't remain free and also be safe. Hello there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Just a reminder, this show is pre-recorded. Leanne and I are on our way to Florida, and we'll be back home around January 13th. And since I am on vacation, I won't be responding on the show to any comments or prayer requests right away. But send them in anyway, because I'll be checking my email while I'm gone, and when I get back, I'll try to get caught up here on the show with the comments and prayer requests. And if you're in the Orlando area and would like to get together while we're back there, let me know so maybe we can set something up. Today, our reading is Exodus 13 through 16, and I'm calling the episode, Where's Your Focus? After my comments, we will, of course, learn what happened on this date in church history. Let's begin. Exodus chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Dedicate all the firstborn males to me. For every firstborn male Israelite and every firstborn male animal belongs to me. Moses said to the people, Remember this day, the day on which you left Egypt, the place where you were slaves. This is the day the Lord brought you out by His great power. No leavened bread is to be eaten. You are leaving Egypt on this day, in the first month, the month of Abib. The Lord solemnly promised your ancestors to give you the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. When He brings you into that rich and fertile land, you must celebrate this festival in the first month of every year. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there is to be a festival to honor the Lord. For seven days you must not eat any bread made with yeast. There must be no yeast or leavened bread anywhere in your land. When the festival begins, explain to your sons that you do all this because of what the Lord did for you when you left Egypt. This observance will be a reminder, like something tied on your hand or on your forehead. It will remind you to continue to recite and study the law of the Lord, because the Lord brought you out of Egypt by His great power. Celebrate this festival at the appointed time each year. The Lord will bring you into the land of the Canaanites, which He solemnly promised to you and your ancestors. When He gives it to you, you must offer every firstborn male to the Lord. Every firstborn male of your animals belongs to the Lord, but you must buy back from him every firstborn male donkey by offering a lamb in its place. If you do not want to buy back the donkey, break its neck. You must buy back every firstborn male child of yours. In the future, when your son asks what this observance means, you will answer him, By using great power the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place where we were slaves. When the king of Egypt was stubborn and refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both human and animal. That is why we sacrifice every firstborn male animal to the Lord, but buy back our firstborn sons. This observance will be a reminder, like something tied on our hands or on our foreheads. It will remind us that the Lord brought us out of Egypt by His great power. When the king of Egypt let the people go, God did not take them by the road that goes up the coast to Philistia, although it was the shortest way. God thought, I do not want the people to change their minds and return to Egypt when they see that they're going to have to fight. Instead, He led them in a roundabout way through the desert toward the Red Sea, 
the Israelites were armed for battle. Moses took the body of Joseph with him, as Joseph had made the Israelites solemnly promise to do. Joseph had said, When God rescues you, you must carry my body with you from this place. The Israelites left Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. During the day, the Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud to show them the way. And during the night, He went in front of them in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel night and day. The pillar of cloud was always in front of the people during the day and the pillar of fire at night. Exodus chapter 14 Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi-Hahirath, between Migdal and the Red Sea, near Baal-Zephon. The king will think that the Israelites are wandering around in the country and are closed in by the desert. I will make him stubborn, and he will pursue you, and my victory over the king and his army will bring me honor. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. The Israelites did as they were told. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had escaped, he and his officials changed their minds and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites escape, and we have lost them as our slaves. The king got his war chariot and his army ready. He set out with all his chariots, including the six hundred finest, commanded by their officers. The Lord made the king stubborn, and he pursued the Israelites, who were leaving triumphantly. The Egyptian army, with all the horses, chariots, and drivers, pursued them and caught up with them where they were camped by the Red Sea near Pi-Hahirath and Baal-Zephon. When the Israelites saw the king and his army marching against them, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, Weren't there any graves in Egypt? Did you have to bring us out here in the desert to die? Look what you have done by bringing us out of Egypt. Didn't we tell you before we left that this would happen? We told you to leave us alone and let us go on being slaves of the Egyptians. It would be better to be slaves there than to die here in the desert. Moses answered, Don't be afraid. Stand your ground and you will see what the Lord will do to save you today. You will never see these Egyptians again. The Lord will fight for you and all you have to do is keep still. The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out for help? Tell the people to move forward. Lift up your walking stick and hold it out over the sea. The water will divide, and the Israelites will be able to walk through the sea on dry ground. I will make the Egyptians so stubborn that they will go in after them, and I will gain honor by my victory over the king, his army, his chariots, and his drivers. When I defeat them, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. The angel of God, who had been in front of the army of Israel, moved and went to the rear. The pillar of cloud also moved until it was between the Egyptians and the Israelites. The cloud made it dark for the Egyptians, but gave light to the people of Israel, and so the armies could not come near each other all night. Moses held out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. It blew all night and turned the sea into dry land. The water was divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with walls of water on both sides. The Egyptians pursued them and went after them into the sea with all their horses, chariots, and drivers. Just before dawn, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. He made the wheels of their chariots get stuck so that they moved with great difficulty. The Egyptians said, The Lord is fighting for the Israelites against us. Let's get out of here. The Lord said to Moses, Hold out your hand over the sea, 
and the water will come back over the Egyptians and their chariots and drivers. So Moses held out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the water returned to its normal level. The Egyptians tried to escape from the water, but the Lord threw them into the sea. The water returned and covered the chariots, the drivers, and all the Egyptian army that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them was left. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground, with walls of water on both sides. On that day the Lord saved the people of Israel from the Egyptians, and the Israelites saw them lying dead on the seashore. When the Israelites saw the great power with which the Lord had defeated the Egyptians, they stood in awe of the Lord. And they had faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Exodus chapter 15 Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. He threw Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. The elite of his officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Lord, your right hand is glorious in power. Lord, your right hand shattered the enemy. You overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath. It consumed them like stubble. The waters heaped up at the blast of your nostrils. The currents stood firm like a dam. The watery depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire will be gratified at their expense. I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You will lead the people you have redeemed with your faithful love. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. When the peoples hear, they will shudder. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be terrified. Trembling will seize the leaders of Moab. The inhabitants of Canaan will panic, and terror and dread will fall on them. They will be as still as a stone because of your powerful arm, until your people pass by, Lord, until the people whom you purchased pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your possession. Lord, you have prepared the place for your dwelling. Lord, your hands have established the sanctuary. The Lord will reign forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses with his chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with their tambourines and danced. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Merah, but they could not drink the water at Merah because it was bitter. That is why it is named Merah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. 
When he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. He made a statute and ordinance for them at Merah, and he tested them there. He said, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes, pay attention to his commands, and keep all his statutes, I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there by the waters. Exodus chapter 16 The entire Israelite community departed from Elam and came to the wilderness of Zin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had left the land of Egypt. The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because He has heard your complaints about Him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued, The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening, and more than enough bread in the morning for he has heard the complaints that you are raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned towards the wilderness, and there in a cloud the Lord's glory appeared. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, your God. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? because they didn't know what it was. Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each person needs to eat. You may take two quarts per individual, according to the number of people each of you has in his tent. So the Israelites did this. Some gathered a lot, some a little. When they measured it by quarts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, and the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Moses said to them, No one is to let any of it remain until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and smelled. Therefore Moses was angry with them. They gathered it every morning. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat, But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, four quarts apiece, and all the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He told them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake, 
and boil what you want to boil, and set aside everything left over to be kept until morning. So they set it aside until morning, as Moses commanded, and it didn't smell or have any maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you won't find any in the field. For six days you may gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Yet on the seventh day some of the people went out to gather, but they did not find any. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and instructions? Understand that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he will give you two days' worth of bread. Each of you stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named the substance manna. It resembled coriander seed, was white, and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Two quarts of it are to be preserved throughout your generations, so they may see the bread I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses told Aaron, Take a container and put two quarts of manna in it. Then place it before the Lord to be preserved throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron placed it before the testimony to be preserved. The Israelites ate manna for forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they reached the border of the land of Canaan. Two quarts are a tenth of an ephah. Beloved, I think we can say that the Israelites wanted safety. They wanted to be taken care of, even if that meant they'd have to stay in slavery. We saw this in Exodus 14. But you can't remain free and also be safe. If you want to be safe, you'll have to give up your freedom. But you say, Steve, aren't we supposed to be slaves to Christ? Yes, that's true, but his is the only yoke that is light, and in him we have freedom from slavery to sin. God is love, and being a slave to him is not the same as being a slave to any other person or entity or anything or anyone else. In him is absolute freedom to be who he created you to be. In verse 31 of Exodus 14, we're told, When the Israelites saw the great power with which the Lord had defeated the Egyptians, they stood in awe of the Lord, and they had faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. But in chapter 15, starting at verse 22, we see that they soon began complaining. When they had been in the desert for three days and found no water, we're told in verse 24, the people complained to Moses and asked, What are we going to drink? So Moses prayed, and God showed him a piece of wood, which he threw into the water, and it became fit to drink. And then, two and a half months after they'd been delivered from Egypt, they complained again in chapter 16 about food. And that's when the Lord provided quail and manna. Note that even though God provided, there were some that did not follow the rules about how much manna they were to gather. So God provides, and we still grumble. We are a forgetful, ungrateful lot, aren't we? God provides clothes, and when a new fashion trend comes around, we become dissatisfied with what we have. God provides a place to live, and we become dissatisfied with the neighborhood. We want a bigger house in a nicer neighborhood. God provides transportation, a car, or whatever. And when a new model comes out, we just have to have the newer, shinier, faster car. God provides a spouse, and we become impatient with their idiosyncrasies. God provides a church, and we soon don't like the pastor or the people. Why do we do that? What is it about us that makes us so ungrateful? 
I don't think there's an easy answer to that, but I think part of it is that we get our eyes off of God. We instead focus on our situation instead of Him. I believe that this is one reason we're told in Hebrews 10.24, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Beloved, our worship services are supposed to be where we encourage one another and remind ourselves what the Lord has done. We need to develop friendships with other believers and bear one another's burdens, as it says in Galatians 6.2. We are a prideful, forgetful lot. That's why so many that fall away from regular fellowship with our brothers and sisters soon fall away from God. They think that they're able to stand on their own, but none of us can sustain as an island. This lockdown that we've experienced has been so very costly. And one of the worst things that has happened is that churches have had to close. We need to get back to church, beloved. The enemy knows how much we need each other, and he has used this pandemic to try to rip us apart. We need to pray. We need to do everything we can to hold on as tightly as we can to the hem of Jesus' garment and ask him to strengthen our faith. We need to strive to stay connected in whatever ways possible to our brothers and sisters. We need to let the politicians know that they must stop their overreach and open our churches. You say it's not safe? Well, guess what? All of life has hazards. Tens of thousands of people die in automobile accidents every year in the United States. Globally, the flu kills from 290,000 to 650,000 people per year. In 2018, in the U.S., Over 167,000 people died from accidents, that is, unintentional injuries. Are you going to stop driving your car? Are you going to stop leaving your home so you don't catch the flu? But if you stay home, you can still die from one of those unintentional injuries. There is no way to eliminate danger. The Lord never intended us to live in a cocoon. But He does say the phrase, fear not, more than any other phrase in the Bible. This virus did not come as a surprise to him, and your life is in his hands. Your days are in his hands, and nothing is going to change that. He will call you home on his appointed day, not a day sooner, not a day later. Live the life that he's called you to, and fear not. What do you think? Even though I'm out of town, I will read your comments. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. And if you comment on the show notes page for this episode, maybe while I'm gone, you can get a conversation started with other commenters. We all want to hear from you. Tomorrow, our reading is 2 Samuel 1 through 4. (laughs) On this date in church history, 1893, Samuel M. Shoemaker was born. He was an American Episcopal clergyman whose work extended into missions, radio broadcasting, and a ministry to university students. Shoemaker also assisted the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous in formulating their 12 steps. And on this date in church history, December 27, 1943, the film Song of Bernadette was released by the Fox Film Corporation, later 20th Century Fox, and the film tells the story of Bernadette Soubiris, a 14-year-old French Catholic peasant girl who experienced 18 visions of the Virgin Mary at Lourdes in 1858.
prayer requests. Even though I'm not here, please send your prayer request in. I will be checking my email, and when you send your prayer request in, I will be praying for you in my private prayer time. I'm not taking a vacation from that. Send your requests in to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Webb. See you when I get back. Bye.